Family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape in their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children. And because of its domino effect in our lives, we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy, strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses, but more importantly, in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives. Hello, hello, hello. Good day, everyone. Uh, I'm so excited to be bringing your way family dynamics with Pastor Fumi. Uh, over a few months ago, God has been laying this on my heart. But uh, for one reason or the other, it has been delayed. But thank God for this opportunity to begin with family dynamics with Pastor Fumi. I'm sure God is out to do something great in your home, in your family, in your life as an individual person. And he's, great, he's going to achieve all his desires over our homes in Jesus' name. So... The, the topic I'm going to be looking at this afternoon, the institution, this institution called marriage. This institution called marriage. Before we continue, let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. You have brought our way to look at your word and to be able to have a home that we desire. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Take it over from me and let your spirit minister to everyone even as we listen to your word in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This afternoon, I'm going to be reading from Genesis 2, 18 to 24, and also Malachi 2, 13 to 15. Uh, it's not going to be motivational speaking because it's God that ordained marriage. So we need this word to be able to understand what we're supposed to do to make our home what it's supposed to be. And that's why I'm going to be reading scriptures anytime I'm talking to us on this issue. So I'm reading from <clears throat> Genesis 2, 18 to 24 in the New King James Version. And the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. 
Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And secondly, I'm reading from Malachi 2, 13 to 15, and I'll be reading that from Message Translation. And here is the second offense. You fill the place of worship with your whining and sniveling because you don't get what you want from God. Do you know why? Simple, because God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your bride. And now you've broken those vows, broken the faith bond with your vowed companion, your covenant wife. God, verse 15, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does he want from marriage? Children of God, that's what. So guard the spirit of marriage within you. Don't cheat on your spouse. I like the way King James Version put it. He said, what does God want from marriage? Godly seed. That is what he desire. So from these scriptures that we have read this afternoon, there are a few things that we need to understand from the scriptures that we read so that we may have a background on which our homes has been built and we may look at, because with the foundation of any home, if the foundation of a house is faulty, there is no way that house can stand. And that's why we need to go back to where it all began, which is from the book of Genesis. So from the, the scriptures we read, we saw that marriage is God's idea. Adam was very, very busy doing his own work, you know, uh, decorating the garden, ensuring that things are in the proper places. And af after a while, he was naming all the animals. The one he called lion became lion. The one he called, you know, tiger became tiger. He named all the lions. I mean, all the animals. But the Bible said for him, there was no companion found for him. And when you look at the creation of the world, God created male and female, male and female, but Adam was just by himself. He couldn't communicate with them. He was alone and God discovered that it was not good for him to be alone. When you look at the scripture from Genesis chapter 1 to 2, all the things that God did, the Bible said they were beautiful, they were good. But at a point in time, God discovered that there was something that was not good enough, that was not good, and that is Adam being alone. So God, you know, started marriage. He went, he put Adam to sleep, took a rib from his side, and made that rib into a woman. And something strange happened. When, when God brought Eve to Adam, the Bible said Adam was so excited, he saw somebody that looked like him. He said, wow. This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman. And that's how the women came. So we discovered that marriage was ordained by God. Marriage was God's desire. And what is God looking for? He's looking for godly seed. He had a purpose. God is a God of purpose. You know, most of us as people, we know people that are manufacturers. Nobody just sit down and say, oh, I'm going to make a table without first of all thinking, what is the table going to be used for? So if we that are just human beings, we do something based on the purpose that we want to achieve, God himself, who is our creator, 
we are created in the image of God. We are like him. So he is a God of purpose. He created the man and woman for a desire, for a purpose that he wants them to fulfill. And people say when, uh, when purpose is abused, I mean, when you don't know the reason for which something is created, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know that cup is meant to be used to drink water or drink something, you, you take it and throw it at your wife or your husband. That is abuse of what the use of the cup is. So that's why it's important for us as people to understand why the home was created, why marriage was created in the first instance. Now, the first institution that God ordained is marriage institution. The first miracle that Jesus did when he came on the earth was performed at a wedding ceremony in Cana of Galilee. And that scripture we read in Malachi said, God is interested in every aspect. The spirit of God inhabits every aspect of marriage. So when you are misbehaving in your home as a wife, when you are treating your husband badly or a man beating his wife, God is seeing all those things. And that's why, you know, it's important that we realize that God who instituted marriage is interested in every aspect of it. So God created marriage for the man to be able to fulfill the purpose for which he has created us. And that purpose, you know, a lot of time when we are joining people together in holy matrimony, people tap the pastor joining with, we tell the, the whole congregation the reason why marriage was instituted. He will say marriage was instituted for companionship, for fruitfulness, and for fulfillment of God's purpose on earth. So God, our God, is a God of purpose. And the reason why he created marriage is for him to be able to get godly seed that we go out into the world, dominate the world, affect the world, and make the world a place where people can be happy and can be joyous in their relationship. But what we see is a different thing. God wants our marriage to be hidden on earth, not a battleground. But what we see in the world today is problems upon problems. We fight each other. A lot of times we see men beating their wife. In this time and age, we see women beating their husband as well. So it's not just men. We see a lot of abuses going on in the home, which means what God wants us to achieve by home, we are not achieving it. And we're going to be looking at different aspects of family dynamics so that we can know how to, you know, look into our situation and make our ways right with God. So, which means if God created marriage, he has interest in marriage. The Bible says God's spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. The way you talk to your husband, God's spirit is interested in it. He inhabits every little, little aspect of marriage relationship, which means we have, you know, it allows us to be creative in the way we express uh, our in the expression in our in our marriages, but he retains the right as to what it is and whom it includes. So God is personally involved in the process of two people coming together to becoming one. 
you know, when you see two people, how can in, in the, in the human senses, we, we don't understand how two people can become one. But in, it is the mystery of God. It is, it is God alone that can make two people become one. And that is his desire. So marriage as it is cannot be recreated without its content and participation. We may think we know. We may think we understand. The government will say, oh, we, we know what we're doing. We want to redefine marriage. We want to, you know, change the way it is. It will just lead to one, from one problem to another. It is clear that God is settled on foundational issues when it comes to marriage. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. Malachi 3, 6. He does not change. He's not a man to lie. Neither a son of man to repent. When he says it, he means it. So there is a way he has put marriage. And if we don't walk in that line, we will have problems. We have troubles. Um, I, I'm going to give a quote by Max Lucado. He said, God created marriage. No government subcommittee envisioned it. No social organization developed it. Marriage was conceived and born in the mind of God. That is a quote by Max Lucado. That is how marriage is. So for us as human beings, or a president of a nation, or a big man somewhere to say, oh, we want to redefine marriage. We're just wasting time. It cannot be redefined. We have to follow the principle of the word of God. So what is it that we have lost in Eden? Why do we have marriages the way it is? Why it is that, why is it that we, what we experience in our homes, even as Christians that carry Bible, pastors, bishops, why is it that what we experience in our homes as believers or unbelievers alike is different from God's intention of what marriage should be? In our contemporary society as it is today, marriage is one single institution that has been most attacked. As God is interested in marriage, devil is also interested in marriage. Satan is interested in marriage. We see in the world today, divorce is going higher and higher. Adultery, disappointment, unhappiness, offenses, ravage our marriages and homes. A lot of unforgiveness going on. A lot of problems, you know, from homes. And when the father and mother are not together as they should be, the home is affected. So many marriages are not a safe heaven where, okay, I've had problems at work. I'm coming home looking for comfort from my husband. I get home. Instead of having that, it's a battleground. And that's why we have all the problems we have, whether medical problems or emotional problems that we have in the world today. But God wants to that to change. And that's why he has brought your way family dynamics this season. And I believe that what desire of every home, if we will be ready to obey his word, to follow the principles of God, our home will be a place where we can be happy, where we can be joyous, where our children will look at us and say, oh, I pray that my husband will be like my mom. I pray that my wife you know, I, I pray for a wife that will be like my mother and your daughters. Will pray. I pray for a, a, a husband that will be like my father because we are following the principles of, of the Lord. 
many who are married these days are trying to survive the crossfire. You know, people, especially those of us that are Christian, are going through a situation, but we can't say it out. People are going through a situation. They are suffering in their homes. It's not affecting just Christians. I mean, it's, it's not just affecting unbelievers. It's affecting us, the so-called Christians. And that's, that means something is wrong. It's affecting the poor. It's affecting the rich. It's affecting the white. It's affecting the black. Everyone is being affected. Divorce rate is going higher and higher. In those days, it used to be among believers, but we have it happening in the church today. We see pastors divorcing their wife. We see bishops separating from their wives and things like that. That means something is wrong somewhere. And that's what we're going to be looking at so that our homes can be what God intends it to be. Just like we know, God is interested in marriage. The devil is also interested in marriage. Why? Every man or woman that you see in the world today is a product of a home. They are from a home. Those hired killers, those um, uh, people that are dealing in drugs, those people that are stealing, harm robbery, whatever evil, evil vices we see in the world today, all those children, they are from a particular home. And what has gone wrong? Every evil or decay we see in our world today, in our society today, is from is is first of all an attack against the family, and when the family is affected, the society is affected because the family, as it is, is the bedrock of society. So when the society, when the family is affected, the, the, the society is affected, the church itself is affected, the nation is affected, and that's why we have all the troubles we have in our world today. You can imagine when a home is just the way God wants it. There will be peace in all our society. But thank God, the hope is not lost. Jesus is still Lord, even in this situation. We only need him. We only need to surrender to him and allow him to be the Lord in our home. So, most of the problems or troubles we see in our society have their roots from the home. And that's why the home is so important in God's agenda for this end time. Now, marriage, for our marriage to be what God has created it to be, for us to enjoy the joy that marriage is expected to produce, there is need to follow the principle that God has laid down for marriages. We discover that when you have a car, for example, there are rules that has to be obeyed for you to enjoy your car. It is not just getting into the car, driving it all and all that. I'm a person like that. I don't like reading manuals because the manual for my car was so big. I couldn't read it. The day I went to pick my car, the man that sold it to me said, this, this, these are these things that are available. And that was it. I didn't read anything because I, I was driving before I just was driving. There are so many facilities in my car that I was not, I, I, up to now, maybe I'm not using it. That, so, that I have a, a, a friend who drives my car. When he drives my car, he uses the cruise but I have not used it before. And all those facilities are there. For example, I have a story I need to tell. I tell stories a lot. You know, there was a time we had a program in church and 
they needed to use my car to go and drop some people in their house. And I gave my key to one of the ladies to, to take them home before, because, before I'm ready. So 15 minutes down the line, she called my phone and said, oh, there's a problem with the car. The side mirrors are not opening out. And I said, just, just come out of the car, press the, the key. It will open. As soon as the door is open, the, 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 the windows, the, the side mirrors will open. They said, it's not opening. They've tried all manners of things. So I went out to see them. I entered the car, sat in the car, pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed. Nothing was happening. The, the side mirror was still closed. And I said, wow, what should we do? Should I call AA or this? And then I remember that there's one of our pastors who has the same type of car with me. He had gone home at that point. So I just picked my, and he, li he, li he loves cars. He reads about cars, even the cars he has not driven before. You ask him questions about it, he will tell you because he has read so much about them. So I called him. And immediately he picked the car. I said, you know what? My side mirrors are not opening up. And he said, Oh, okay. Are you inside the car? I said, yes. He said, press this button. And I pressed it. That was the solution. You know, that was the solution. The thing we have been wasting time, 15, 30 minutes doing, that we have not been able to find solution to. He just gave it in one second. And that is the difference between what we, the problems we have in our homes. There is a manual for living that the author, the manufacturer of marriage has given to everyone. And that's the Bible. I was in church one of the days I was ministering and I was asking a question. How many people out of all of us in the church today have read a book on marriage this year? Only two people raised up their hand. And these two people, they are looking forward to being, to getting married. So people don't read books. People, they just assume that we know what to do and we are doing it. There is a manual that God has given us as people for us to enjoy what marriage is all about. If we follow the manner, we will enjoy that marriage that we're looking on to God for. The, because God wants it to be a place where we can relax and be joyful. A place where we can be grateful to God. Say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me such a wonderful husband. Thank you, God, for giving me such a wonderful wife. But we are not having that because we are not following the manual. And when we are not following the manual, when we don't follow the principles laid down by God for our marriages, we will just be in pain. We will struggle in life. So what is it that I'm trying to lay down this evening? Just to lay down the foundation that marriage is ordained of God. Marriage is from God. Marriage is God's idea. It's not any man's idea. It's not any country's idea. It's not, a, it's not an African idea. It's not a British idea. It's not an American idea. It is God's idea. So there is a principle that govern marriage. And if we as people, we desire to follow those principles, I assure you, your marriage will turn around and you will enjoy that marriage. There is no perfect marriage, whether we are Christian or we are not. Every marriage is peculiar and we have challenges. The Bible talks, said, told us a story of two houses, one built on the, on the ground, on the sand, the other one built on the rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. The Bible says when storm came, storm will come on our lives. 
whether we are rich or we are poor, there will be situations, it's not if, it's when, there will be storms in life that will shake us to the root, that will shake us to the foundation. What will make you stand in your home, what will make your marriage stand, will depend on the foundation on which your home is built. And I want to challenge you this afternoon. Let Jesus be the foundation on which your home is built. He loves you, that's why he came. He has a good plan for our life. The Bible says the plan I have for you is for good and not for evil to give you that expected end. There is an expected end that you desire in your marriage. It's only God that can give it. And I want to challenge you. Maybe today you are not born again. Or you are born again, but you are not living by the principles of the word of God. Please, let's go back to the Bible. God loves us and he has the best plan. He's the only one that can give us the best in life. And you, as we continue in this series on family dynamics, please don't, don't miss any of the session. The only thing you need to do is talk to God. Make him your Lord and Savior. Let him be the foundation on which your home is built. And as you do that, you begin to enjoy that relationship between you and your husband. And I pray for you this afternoon that God that has brought you into relationship with your partner, he will establish for you a sure home, a good home, where you will look into and say, God, I thank you. But as we continue, make God your friend. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Let him be the Lord of your home. Surrender to him and you will begin to enjoy that relationship that you desire in your home. So, until I come your way again, Please keep safe, keep enjoying your life, and let Jesus be the Lord indeed. Thank you so much for listening. Until next episode of Family Dynamics, God bless you richly. Thank you.